0: Hello everyone, thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined for our second interview with the founder of Monstrepreneur and author of Balance the Bullshit, Joshua Lee. Joshua has over 15 years experience creating and deploying new business models, motivating teams, expanding channels, and formulating integrated marketing strategies. A master of traffic and conversions, in his career, he has managed over $100 million in ad spend and controlled over 30 trillion online impressions. This has allowed him to know what works at an intimate level and how to get his clients' conversions, not just traffic. I'm an entrepreneur. They consult and implement social selling strategies for their clients' front end, then build out automated marketing strategies with bot and email funnel solutions to complete the loop. I've asked Joshua here to join us today to help us better understand how to connect with people and drive leads in the digital world, leading to increased profits and customer retention. So, Joshua, thank you for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? Daryl, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, without with everything else going on in the world and um, in our own <laughs> lives, <laughs> I can't. explain. That's, right. That's right. The audience, you guys, got to know. We don't know what we go through to make these interviews happen. I'm, <laughs> like there is like trials and tribulation and bloodshed and tears and uh, all for you. So please get your pens and paper handy. Uh, we're gonna this is gonna be good. I'm super excited. So some things have changed in the world and some things have changed with you as well. Now. For those that didn't listen to the first interview, can you just tell them a little bit about how did you even get into online marketing? Do you come from a family of advertisers and entrepreneurs? No, man,
1: honestly, uh, my father, you know, worked for another company. Um, other than just showing me hard work ethic, uh, you know, he was not the entrepreneurial type. Um, my background, I mean, if, if you go as far back as you want, I mean, my parents will tell you that I started off as a kid. I, I always thought I was selling candy out of my locker. Uh, but my mom was like, "No, I think even before that, you were uh, asking to go to a summer school." And I was like, "Really? I don't remember that." She's like, "Oh yeah, you you figured out how to you could play cards with kids and uh, and earn money by it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, it's strategy, it's numbers. Uh, it's probably why I, in the long run I got into advertising because it's that same kind of you know scenario, which was which I thought back then, back in the early 2000s." It was just numbers. It was strategy. You could be able to go through. And if you had enough numbers, you won the game.
0: Mm, 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 mm. It's
1: really interesting. So it's, it's it's not so much, though. I mean, that's that's kind of where my path has gone. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, again, like you said, I'm not sure if everyone kind of listened to the first podcast, but I mean, I started my first company out in 2002 um, and was really blessed to be able to have one of my original clients be this little company that people some might remember and millennials might never remember <laughs> called myspace. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So what happened? How did like, well, I mean, again, they were, we, we, we came in, it was this thing called arbitrage buy low, sell high. Um, you know, many people have done it in many different facets. Uh, Warren Buffett being one of the best people to ever do it in the stock market area. Um, You know, we went in and we bought traffic on pennies on the dollar. I mean, hell, less than that—tens yep. of hundreds of pennies on the dollar—and um, and turned around and sold it to a company called Overture, which eventually came Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we would make that money on the margin. I mean, it was crazy.
0: It was like printing money back then. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and things have changed. Gone are the days of <laughs> ten cent clicks. Long oh time. man, I, I miss those days. I mean, you get ten
1: cent clicks, sell them for a dollar with this keyword called mesothelioma um, <laughs> until I got blacklisted and and all the all the craziness behind it. And you know, I was blessed. I mean, other than being young, you know, we had you know, I didn't have that whole struggle in the beginning. You know, for the money aspect, it was it was fairly easy to be able to get it done. But that's the thing, man. I mean, once you the money comes, you don't understand how to be able to truly build out that company and. I went to multiple different companies and built out different advertising and had my su- my fair share success of successes around losses but in
0: the long run it was just all all was a battle of this this traffic game right yeah can you talk about some of the challenges cuz in the beginning like you said like traffic was super cheap so the challenge wasn't necessarily getting traffic i mean you know it was it, it, nobody really believed in this online thing i know a lot of guys were being successful just putting sales letters up like a page yeah. sales they'd take their direct mail sales letter and they would just put it on a webpage (laughs) and send a bunch of traffic there and make a bunch of money. And they're like, I don't know why more people aren't doing this. So what have kind of been the challenges or how has it evolved? Because now you can't do that. It's not, you know, for a lot of businesses, they have smaller margins. Sorry, go ahead. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man, you're right. I mean, so that's the biggest
1: thing. There's a difference. You know, back then it was like all about traffic. And if we send enough traffic, it's a numbers game. Something will convert. Eventually someone's going to buy, you know, because most people, the average person didn't really understand the difference between an ad and actually, you know, a listing like on Google or Yahoo. So everyone clicked on it. And I mean, that's just how it kind of worked in this, but as our buyers and our companies and our users became more savvy, it became a much more difficult process because people are like, wait a minute, you just sent, me. I spent, I don't know, 10,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand dollars, held $5, you know, on this traffic. And, a lot of people looked at it, but man, now that I actually have tracking, I didn't get yep. any sales.
0: Yep. <laughs> and they're like, you're like, oh, you noticed that, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the numbers don't, yeah, I didn't impress. And, and that's where. Yeah. Go well, ahead. No, just saying, I just wanted to say for the people that don't realize, and some of our listeners are already savvy enough, but online marketing is Direct response marketing. It's it's if it, all the platforms are designed, and that might just now you get it handed to you on a silver platter. But what you just pointed out, that's that's revolutionary. Before marketing was hanging around in a boardroom, thinking of creating fancy logos of dogs, you know, selling your tacos and stuff, and you know, and trying to and putting that out there. And you were your client was really. The ego of your customers, you know, putting something out there that they loved and they want to show their family and friends, you weren't necessarily tied to sales. And there's still, that still exists today in a lot of the offline worlds, but not online. Online is very, we spent this, we got this and it turned into this many sales. Right. Which was direct response.
1: Right. Exactly. And I mean, but that's, that's kind of where I've seen that shift. So, I mean, like I told you, man, I, I did, you know, let's, we can name all the different acronyms from CPA to CPL to CPI. I mean. I followed the trends I went through, built different companies and display, XML, search, you know, email, uh, all those kind of different aspects. But it was always just I never really felt like I was we were doing enough. It was it was always too many people in that world that were just enough to make it hard on everyone else and make it bad on everyone else. And I got sick of too many times. You know, these companies come in and they would either send you, you know, fake traffic, bot traffic. Now it's a difference mm-hmm. because bot back then was bad. But now these days <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a total, two different things. But back then people would write these algorithms to be able to go through and just click on ads because they were getting paid cost per click. Yep. And then you would then you get like flagged. I mean, I can tell you two different occasions, it wasn't even, you know, we'd have these different layers of people that I would pass down ads to. And they would pass it on again and would just go down. The, and then I would get passed down ads from different companies. Most times I was blessed at least work with Google or Yahoo or some of these other bigger companies out there. But two different occasions based on traffic that somehow got through our system, I got charged back. You know, And charged back is – Google pulled the trigger on me um, on two big ones, man. I mean – one time for mm-hmm. half a million dollars, another for almost 700,000.
0: Whoa, wait, what do you mean? They when,
1: when they go through, man, I mean, it's just one of those pieces. They're like, look, you got some bad traffic that came through. It's fraudulent. You didn't catch it. And we're like, okay, well, who sent it? Because we deal with, back then we dealt with thousands of publishers, thousands mm-hmm. of different websites that were sending all traffic across this. We, we did our best to be able to kind of filter. But, mm-hmm. you know, they wouldn't tell you who. I mean, it just, it's like, all right, and. If you don't pay, if you don't get paid, and then you don't pay your your clients, they're not your clients anymore.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: If you can't determine exactly who did it, it's that whole thing. You just kind of have to suck it up and keep on moving forward. So wow. two different times, I had to kind of just take a uh, major hit um, where it wasn't even traffic that was going through. One time, it wasn't even my traffic. I just happened to be a bigger name on their system. And they needed a a scapegoat, so to speak, a sacrificial lamb. And I kind of got thrown under the bus for it. And then another time, you know, hey, you you do the best you can. Sometimes things just get by in it. uh, And I had to take the hit on both of them and still pay out the publishers. And that's that's so, why I kind of got moved down. I was like I, I just can't be in this world where everyone's trying to get one over on the next person.
0: And is that really what's happening with this with the traffic game now? Is that like what's the state of affairs today? What's the state of the I union? I still today?
1: think, I mean, it's better. It, you know, it's it but I mean the margins are so tight that I mean you have to be so meticulous in going through. It's just for me the companies out there, these big giants out there that control it and they they have such a you know everything's behind the curtain you really can't see everything that you need to see all the analytics they hide so much stuff and there's so much fraud it just it wasn't worth it anymore mm-hmm. and i think that's mm-hmm. always going to be the case no matter where they go um and it's there's so many different loops to go through and who's going to pay who and go through and it just it wasn't for me um yeah as you see i mean i i've, I've been in that world for over i was in that world for over a decade. And in the long run, I was just looking for a way out. And, um, you know, about three years ago, it, good or bad, I mean, I, I kind of went through a lot of different things myself, my personal life, That, and I made the decision to close down. At that point in time, I think the last time you and I were doing an interview, I was running 12 different companies. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm,
1: and in the long run, my personal life um, gave me the reason that I could just shut those and restart and reset and be able to go so- on the
0: path. <laughs> Where does paid traffic, does paid traffic play a role in anything that you're doing now? Like, have you stepped away from it entirely? Do you still feel like it's a valid way to grow and scale a business? So it is. Or, it, okay. Paid traffic is a great way to, be a,
1: to scale a business. Um, I, I do use paid traffic. I don't manage a lot of it personally. Um, but in the long run, I believe there's so many different ways. I mean, with social media these days and the opportunities that are out there, You can be able to test all your different offers, test different traffic and be able to see if they work. And then now you're not just running to a cold offer. You can test your offer, test your landing page, test your sites test your copy and all before and make sure it's warm before you ever send cold paid traffic to it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Actually we just did that recently. So we just started, we started a a new project from scratch kind of as a demonstration and that's almost exactly what we did. We were trying to drive traffic to it and paying way too much with Facebook ads and, and Google AdWords. So what we did there is we tested some different ad creatives, about 12 different ads to find kind of one or two that seemed to be warm. Right. And then we went to influencers in that niche. And we paid them like 50 bucks and they put it out to their following of 65,000 people. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's, that's uh, to test it. for marketing. I mean, it's a great way to be able to do it. Yeah, And then now we just took that data and we're just, we're like on the third iteration of the, the pages and the funnels uh, before we do that, because we talked about this before the call, but a lot of people here, traffic is a lot is often the sexy thing that people <laughs> want to talk about. But is that really, is it, is it pushing a million people to get 0.0001% conversions? I mean, we're, Where's the biggest bang for buck often for people to put their focus on?
1: I mean, these days, I mean, it's about finding the right audience. I mean, this is where I've shifted my strategy and helping my clients is truly, you know, we have this whole sexy word that's been around for a little bit. But I mean, social selling, truly being able to, you know, understand who you're connecting to. I mean, it's taking that sales marketing and human interaction and putting it all into one facet to really truly understand your client because before I think you said earlier it was all about that sexy ad what made you feel good what made the company feel good but it wasn't about the the end user it wasn't Mm -hmm. about their customer now you can actually be able to go through and truly be understand and sell I'd rather have 50 targeted clients that I'm putting my ad to that I know that I'm going to have a high conversion rate because I'm Speaking directly to them, and they can tell that I'm speaking directly to them. Comparably mm-hmm. to casting a wide net and hoping something hits.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And we have that ability. People live their lives on social media online these days, and if you don't take advantage of being able to take all this information and all this data to be able to truly find and be able to find your avatar, your avatar is what we call—I mean, you know what it is—but I mean, your avatar is what we call—you know—our unique client. That's that's specifically for our services,
0: you know, you're not taking, you're not, you're not doing yourself justice and you're definitely not doing your clients justice. So how do, how do we do that? Let's help some of the people out. Cause they're like, okay, like I'm on board. This all sounds great. I, I love the idea of social selling. And of course I only want to help people that want, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, I, I, I don't think there's anyone in our audience that would ever want to disagree with that and of course we want to put our offer in front of people that want to you know how do you how do you find out if you're not clear on who that is how do you find that out so it's really
1: be you know being able to put offers i mean one of the things that we go with our clients so i specifically i mean facebook's great there's so many people out there but truly facebook is a world that's a paid to play right now um Mm. to really get traction on it you have to be able to go out there and really play so Mm. where we actually specialize and it's such an underused you know, platform right now is LinkedIn. Mm. Um, And, you know, we help our clients be able to go through and be able to do daily interactions to be able to get a good read on who likes what, what's going on. And then also be able to post, share, put videos, audio, everything to be able to truly understand the audience ever before putting money behind it. It's every, you know, there's, we all call it B2B marketing, B2C marketing. Honestly, every company that's out there every business is run by people and it's right if you can you <laughs> know the people that run that company sell
0: to them don't sell a damn company yep 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 yeah very well said get to know the people i love that too where it's data like you can share things and you can even use all sorts of great tools to see what's popular with that niche um uh, like using tools like BuzzSumo, and any even just hashtags research keyword research hashtag research um, and then on like you said, on your sites, like if it's LinkedIn specifically going and finding the groups for those people and just kind of listening in. And some people, I don't know if they have the patience to do that, you know, to sit there and comb the data. But, you know, I think that there's real value in that. Now, how do you segment or how do you keep selling the same group of people? That's probably a good question because there's two different strategies. One is kind of more, I think, paid media where you've got one offer, one ad, one funnel and you've got that ad and you're maybe rolling it out to a targeted audience, you know, on wherever, on Facebook, on Google, Taboola, wherever. Right. Right. Um, and you know, or, and, and it's kind of like you're going through that list and you're, I don't want to say you're burning the list, (laughs) but you're, you're sucking all the people out of it. Right. For this one offer, it's almost like a Google AdWords. If you have a Google AdWords ad, like the keyword search traffic is almost it's fresh eyeballs every month. Typically. Right. Fresh eyeballs. But when you're social selling, and it's a closed kind of community, and it's not growing that big, how does that change the approach compared to a pay traffic strategy?
1: So, I mean, here's the biggest thing. I mean, if you have to be able to kind of be putting out new content all the time, not everyone's gonna buy all the point. So I'm a big advocate of going in and teaching our clients, look, I'm gonna share with you everything that we're doing, how to be able to do it, how to be able to go through and how to do it right. Um, because again, it's not only being able to tell someone, we can go through. I mean, Daryl, you you as I know both. You can go on and share exactly how to do how you do your podcast. How how many people are actually going to go out and do a podcast? You know, mm-hmm. they're more than likely gonna go, you know what, Daryl's doing great. I'm just gonna to listen to him and be able to go on and move it forward. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, it's, it's like, look, you know, you go into McDonald's and you ask someone, you go in there, like, all right, so for a dollar, we'll make you a Big Mac. I mean, we'll teach you how to make a Big Mac, I should say. <laughs> and for five dollars, we'll make it for you. The average person's always going to go in and be able to go, well, hell, I'm just going to five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do it for me. So I'm a big proponent because it's not always you. So if you're the only person in your company, you need to constantly be learning, be growing and being able to share as much information as you can out to your audience and not just in one platform in different states. I mean, as I said before, that's why I like LinkedIn, because I can do a, I can publish a post. I'm an article on LinkedIn without anything holding me back, and I can put audio, I can put video, and I can put text and be able to see and put different links under each and be able to track those links and be able to see where my audience is picking up and how I'm actually driving that, what, what, what's really grabbing them and be able to, you know, really bucket those people. And, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's about bucketing because if you're telling a story, so, certain people are going to pick up on a certain aspect of the story. They're not just going to like that first story you tell. And can you expand on that a little bit?
0: You say it's about bucketing, <laughs> bucketing.
1: I like I so, to- I, I'm a, so most of the companies I work with are at least doing about seven figures a year. So they have multiple employees. I, I try and really work with companies that have at least you know five people you know that they're working with. Um, in this day and age, seven figures, you know, you can do that as one person. I mean, I've seen many people do it, but you have different perspectives. And you, each person, based on what the story you're telling, can have a different perspective to be able to put that out there. So one, you have buckets on who's telling the story from their perspective of your company and what you do, and how people can actually add how it can add value to their lives. And then that's one way to be able to put people you on buckets. Another way is based on the story. I mean, you look at today. I just put out an article called Social Selling Champions. Here's the why and how to find yours. You know, before that, I've done B2B, you know, B2B marketing. Um, I've done, you know, so many different articles. And I'm always, each week, I'm putting out a different article to be able to see who's catching what. Last week, I put out how to leverage LinkedIn's AI to drive engagement. Each one of these, based on who's liking, commenting, and following the link to the article, are going in different buckets. So I know that my follow-up content to them will be able to fall in those buckets, and I can make sure that I keep on defining who these people are more and more ever before I ever offer them a product or service.
0: So you mean in terms of like, this person's a video consumer over a text consumer, or Correct. this person's interested in more in the tech side of LinkedIn versus the, the tactical side of LinkedIn. So, so it's creating a of, different, you can definitely do both. I, I do both. So, I mean, again, I, I
1: implement information out through video, text, audio, and track that. And then at the same time, based on different types of content, I'm also then bucketing those clients as well. There's so many different ways. I mean, you've got different systems out there, but I mean, you can bucket male versus female because again, you have different messaging based on the different people. It's, it, I mean, you can go down to age groups. This is my 18 to 25. This is my 25 to 35. And make sure that these messages, because each people, everyone's from a different demographic, different perspective, different time frame. So the better you can really craft a message spe- more specific to their unique perspective or or you know where they're at, the better you're gonna be to be able to they're gonna go, okay, wow. Yeah.
0: It's
1: perfect it it's, it's, you know, it's it's what I call man, it's I call it my my door to the couch um, you know, mentality. It's if I knocked on your door and I said, hey, I'm I'm Joshua Lee, I've got this pen I want to sell you. Um it's you know it's really cool. It's silver, it writes, you're gonna be like, yeah, thank you. I, I'm not interested. Close the door. If you and I mm-hmm. are sitting on the couch, we're friends. We know each other. I, I know some of your likes, some of your dislikes. I'm like, dude, Daryl, check this out, man. I got this cool new pen. You're going to buy dude, let me check it out. Let me see. Mm. And that's that mm-hmm. That being able to really know the next person. That's what people want. They want to buy from people they feel like they know. If they feel like right. you know them and you're targeting towards them and actually connecting with them, it's so much better. I mean, when you connect with someone like on LinkedIn, I can go in and see everything they posted, they liked, they've commented on. And I can craft up a message specifically to what they're what they're sharing right. You can do the same thing on Facebook. Yeah.
0: So you're talking about hyper relevant communication. So for example, uh, another guest we've had on the show, Ed O'Keefe, he yeah. has a supplement business doing few like eight figures a year. Yeah. And he said what really changed the difference from him was when he went from trying to sell an anti aging supplement to breaking it down to specific conditions and having a specific funnel and he's a paid traffic guy so it's not social selling but the concept i think is the same where it was relevant, like it was it was targeted specific high blood pressure you know joint pain like it was condition specific versus anti-aging antioxidant you know because that's so general
1: anti-aging it's like anti-aging for who yeah Right. You know? So, being able to go through there and be able to really be able to understand—I mean, that's that bridging the gaps. I mean, usually before all companies had their sales side, they had their marketing side. Mm-hmm. Well, marketing has all the data. Sales is the one doing the sales. If they don't have the data to be that marketing is using on the on the research, how can they truly? They're just blanket selling.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so how do you determine a viable bucket versus meaning like? Where, when did, when is the loss in ROI? You're niching things down, you're, you know, you guys, you have, you and your team, you're marketing for people on LinkedIn. When is it, is there a threshold or something that like, is it, I know I've heard this before, there are riches and niches, bitches, but can you niche (laughs) it down too much? I mean, you can,
1: I mean, you can definitely niche down too, too small. Um, I mean, it all depends on your different audience and what your product is, what your service is, okay? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. in the long run, You have to go with what feels right to you. How would you want someone to talk to you? Um, You know, I mean, that's it's the golden rule, right? Treat others as you want to be treated. So that's kind of where I look at it. I mean, it's like, why don't we do that in our sales and marketing efforts at the same time? Why don't we treat others how we want to be treated? I mean, if I feel like someone's really going to I feel like it's going too deep. We're going to, you know, too tiny of of a market base. Well, you know, you've 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 gone overboard. You're not getting you're not getting results. And I mean, it, it truly is split testing A and B. I mean, so I and don't you, want to be yes. like, okay, this works for everyone because it's bullshit. And I hate when people come out and they're like, here's the tactic that'll work for you. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's not. For, first off, don't give me tactics. Let's start with mindset first, and then go into tactics. But mm. you know, this doesn't work for everyone. You know what? It works for a friend of mine. A good friend of mine, Jesse Alarrawa, says my tactics work for 100 percent hundred percent of the people 100 percent of the time that do a that follow 100 percent of the, the way I teach it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and yep. basically, every, you know, that's all you can guarantee. Yep. And that's all. Yep. That's all any of us
0: can guarantee. If you follow 100 percent, maybe. But everyone's. Yeah. Fine. So I want to ask a follow up on this then yeah, let's on the it. back end. And that's, that's again, so I'm just trying to, again, clarify the difference between how paid traffic versus social selling. So you're getting on the couch with them, you're their friend, you offer them the pen, they say no. Are you playing Doctor Seuss' Green Eggs and Ham? Do you keep bringing up the pen? Hey, would you like it with a goat? Would you like it in a boat? Would you? Hey, would you like this pen with a <clears throat> with some stationery? Hey, would you like this pen with a marker? Hey, would you like two pens? Are you trying to do that in terms of the social selling? So I mean, that's that's more on the funnel side. I mean, you've got someone that's opted
1: in. I mean, now we're getting into funnels, right? <laughs> you know, we've got our upsells, we got our down sells, we got our cross sells you know, those are a great way to do it. But I mean, that's, that's well after you get past the social selling aspect. I mean, social selling is building a relationship. It's building, you know, a rapport and building branding with that person. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even consider the the pen offering it to you on the couch as the social selling. The social selling is how we even got to the couch. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm at the couch, you know, again, I'm going to, Hey, this is something I've got. Awesome. Nope. Not for you. Cool. But the door's open now. You're open because of the relationship we built prior to this, me ever selling you anything. You're open to my suggestions. And sometimes they're gonna be great if they're not, but I'm always gonna keep on giving you valuable information, mm-hmm. and information and not you know, and then offer you something. And if it mm-hmm. works, it works. If it doesn't, then we move forward. But you're an advocate for me, my brand, and our relationship because of the mm-hmm. time and effort that we spent in the beginning. Because people go in all the time. I mean, you, you use LinkedIn. We all use LinkedIn. Most people do these days. I mean, they've had over, you know, half a billion, I believe right now, users or more. The first thing I usually sometimes I get when someone connects out, they're like, hey, you want to buy my service? And you know how many times yeah. I get people, I get, I probably get like five to 10 a week of people that I connect with. And I'll give them the chance. I usually like someone to at least say something prior to ever connecting. But if I connect with them just to see what they're doing, the first thing I get is, Hey, want to buy my service? And five out of ten times, it's Hey, you want to buy my service for LinkedIn? <laughs> and I'm like, Wow, you didn't read my profile at all. Yeah, <laughs> it says right in my title, and I'm going, yeah. and, and I'll call them out every single time because if you don't, you're not teaching anyone. Yeah, you're all you're doing mm-hmm. is because most people just go up, oh, delete. All right, I'm not going to talk to that person again. But you're reinforcing bad habits for people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that doesn't do, do well for anyone. Because, again, if you allow that, it'll keep on happening. You tell people, stop doing this. This is not so, social selling. This is spammy tactics that you learned in sales years ago.
0: And you're trying this to call it social selling now. Not the same. Right. Right, 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 right. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you feel like your clients have in well, in I mean, the biggest challenge of the clients
1: that I have is they've kind of they they're doing really well with Facebook. Um, I usually ask 100 percent of our clients that they're doing at least some sort of Facebook advertising. And, you know, they've they've kind of either achieved a level or they're looking to be able to expand. And uh, they they really have never used LinkedIn and we're going in there to be able to create a whole new marketing effort for them to be able to build relations, to be able to connect with people that they usually wouldn't have connections with. Because with LinkedIn, I can reach out if I wanted to, to Tony Robbins, um, Mark Cuban. I mean, if I want to, I can reach out to connect to these guys. Now, I better have a damn good reason why I'm reaching out and have some kind of story behind it because they are going to delete it. But it's not that easy on Facebook to do You can't reach out to anyone. I mean, I can reach out to past President Obama if I wanted to. I've tagged him in a post before. (laughs) You know, I mean, and got a response back. So, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's helping people be able to open up relationships with people they usually wouldn't have access to and build these relationships and these brand advocates um, on a platform that they weren't currently using.
0: Now, is that without spending money? Other than is that, you know, m- on my service more the <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Sorry, <laughs> and is that more the power of LinkedIn? Like, because we already said it's not necessarily for everybody. Is because no. LinkedIn is known as kind of a B two B social networking site, right? If you want to hang out with your friends, you go to Facebook. I mean, right. you still have friends on LinkedIn, but at least in my head, LinkedIn's always been the business Correct. social media. Correct. So it's not. So it's more to reach out to influencers and people that it wouldn't necessarily be where to reach. You I mean, know, yeah, people I'm that are interested in dog training
1: on LinkedIn, man. I mean, it's you're right. I mean, my friends are on on Facebook. Um, LinkedIn is sure. where I'm there to be able to offer insights, advice, be an influencer, and be able to help others. And, you know, be able to bring business in on a higher level. Um, So, I mean, you look at it this way, the average income, let's say on Facebook, not the average, but the highest demographic of income is on Facebook is about $35,000 a year. The highest demographic income on LinkedIn is $75,000 plus a year. So you have a higher level of of individuals on there. And over 50% of the people on LinkedIn have graduated from college. Mm -hmm. So, and you say B2B, again, if you're doing it right and building these connections, people have their their information on there, their likes, their dislikes, their sharing content, you can still do B2C selling Mm -hmm. as long as you're taking the time out to actually truly look at someone first, look at their profile, see what they're sharing and be able to connect with them on those basis rather than just going straight in for their company.
0: Right. Right, right. So this, can't, this, like, it almost <laughs> depends on the price point of the product, though. Is that would that be a limiting factor to making LinkedIn work? I don't like you can't stuff. be okay. I mean, okay. I've
1: I've offered my book, had many different sales. Um, another friend of ours, um, Josh Turner, who also is in the LinkedIn world. I mean, we helped him with selling his book on on LinkedIn, which was very low. And then at the same point, I've dealt with some of my clients have ten to twenty thousand dollar products that we we help them um, you know be able to offer. But again, it's I don't use LinkedIn as a sales tool of it. I, this is this is the difference. It's just building those relationships, find the people that have common interests with something that your business is doing.
0: Right. 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 Yeah.
1: So it's all the it's, it's sales really a afterwards tool. once I pull them off of LinkedIn, that's where we kind of go into because that's all the front end side. Then I, right. the sales all happens once you've built the relationship and they said, hey, I want to know more. Right. And then you're like, hey, check out my website. Let's get me in the funnel, email systems. You know, again, there's different bot technology you can use to be able to build, you know, different relationships to be able to take them through that funnel aspect. But the entire front piece, what I use LinkedIn, I'm not doing any sales on LinkedIn.
0: Right. It's all relationship building. So what do you see as the future of LinkedIn? Where do you think this is all going? I mean, where will things be five, 10 years from now? I mean, it's going to be crazy, Daryl.
1: Uh, I'm telling you. Um, so, you know, most people don't know, but about five, four or five years ago, LinkedIn spent about $90 million on their platform to be able to really enhance their their newsfeed, um, which we all saw. And it's a little bit, it's much better than it used to be. And then it was it last year, you know, Microsoft came in and bought the company for uh, $24, 25000000000 billion. Wow. Um, Behemoth like Microsoft going into LinkedIn. I mean, think about that. I mean, where this is going, every single one of their products, they've already started integrating. If you're using Outlook, you can already be able to integrate LinkedIn and be able to go in and see an org chart based on who's emailing you and be able to see who's Mm. above them, who's below them, and where they stand in that company. Mm.
0: That's interesting.
1: So if you're not taking the time out, and it all starts from your profile, if you're not taking the time out to really, you know, Do build out your profile and have a powerful profile that's really
0: telling people what you do, not just who you are. You're going to be missing out. Right, right, right. So what are some fundamentals? What are the habits that you see that the most successful people have on LinkedIn? What are the, you know, like the rituals or habits or the things that the common denominators between someone that's working and working Facebook well and someone that's, you know, just has a profile, but isn't really leveraging it.
1: I mean, here's the thing, man. It's the, the I tell people that you need to do four things every single day to truly make sure that you're leveraging LinkedIn and at least getting the power of it. Because LinkedIn, their algorithm is based around a score called the SSI score. their social selling index. How you show up is based on what your score is. I I tell you right now to be able to look it up, um, you know, search on Google and search SSI score. But we, we won't do that while everyone's on right now. But right, making sure that your um, score is seventy and above is pivotal, and being able to show up on their platform and it, it they really believe on engagement, not just not just like posting and reading, but actual true engagement and and connecting with others on the platform and being able to do that. So what I tell everyone to do on a daily basis, if you want to be able to see the, the start of success, the beginning parts of it, is You do four things every day that shouldn't take you longer than five minutes. You want to go in and you want to do one post a day. You want to share one post of a day of someone that's either an influencer in your market or potentially a, a client of yours. You want to like someone's post and then you want to comment on someone's post. So these are four different posts you're doing. But if you're doing that every single day, it will boost your SSI score and will actually get you engagement and actually make you show up higher.
0: Hmm. Now, are, have they fixed the keyword stuffing issue for profiles? They have. They have. Okay.
1: Um, that is that is where a lot of people were going through and doing a lot of keyword stuffing in their profiles to be able to show up. I mean, it's, and they've added the hashtags, they've added now native video within LinkedIn. So, I mean, they really are making the platform more, much more robust. Uh-huh.
0: Right, right. So pe- people that didn't know used to be able to keyword stuff. If you wanted to show up for whatever. <laughs> you would just put that keyword. If that keyword was in your profile 75 times and the number two person on LinkedIn only had it in their profile 74 times, if someone searched for that keyword, you would show up higher than them. And that's essentially how that worked. But now it's it's different. It's based off. It sounds like this SSI score. Yes. So they really go in and I mean, it's
1: and, and that's it's how much you're engaging I mean, they're looking for a platform of people that are engaging within each other and they will reward you for that. Mm. So, I mean, those are the things. And then I, I, I push everyone. I mean, I don't care. Even if you're just doing, you know, an article a week, it's just important to be able to kind of get that information out. And this has to be, you know, think about who your avatar is, what the information is. You know, give value ads. Don't just yeah. share just to share you know, give something that you feel will be valuable to other people that they can use and leverage within their company or their lives today.
0: Yep.
1: Um, right. I mean, like with you, with the podcast, Daryl, I mean, you can go in, this is what I love about some of my clients. I take all their, I tell them take all their podcasts. If you've got video, if you got audio, add the video of the podcast, put the audio in there and then put the, put the transcription of the text in there as well and summarize it for them. And you can put that right on LinkedIn and it indexes it, it indexes so well with Google because LinkedIn mm-hmm. is such a high playing caliber player.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the social the social weight of it uh, helps outrank it. If you've got a website that was published ten years ago, but someone's got a post on LinkedIn that has a bunch of likes and comments and shares, it'll show up your pu- higher. Up, yeah, yeah,
1: hundred percent. Right. Right. So you know that's where I've kind of adjusted. I mean, it's more about. And this is within my own life. I mean, I believe that my success has always been built on, you know, relationships and communication and being able to know other people and, you know, caring about others. And I mean, that's all I've seen. That's why I shifted so much from just trying to do traffic to this, this really, you know, trying to really help people truly on this true nature of social selling Because that's what it's about. It's about building those relationships, building those, you know, giving that knowledge and helping us all level up together. And if you do that enough, I mean, that's the cool thing, man. I mean, if you've got employees, they're your social selling army. Each one of these employees have LinkedIn profiles that they can be adding content in from their perspective that all draw back to the company. Now you have multiple points of interest, multiple points that intersect with the potential clients.
0: Mm -hmm. So now how does that, how do you do this en masse? Like that's the thing. How do you scale that personal attention? So on LinkedIn. <laughs> so
1: I mean, again, it's it's truly about getting your employees to be able to do it. I mean, sometimes you will have you will hire companies like ours to be able to go in and be able to do this for you, um, and be able to you know interact with the people that are on your you know that are your connections and be able to build these different platforms, these stories, and really get to know you and who your who your client is. Because getting a message from the CEO of the company. I mean, it's a great way to be able to, you know, start a relationship and build a, when when you get that kind of message from a, from another major company.
0: Mm, Right, right. Yeah. So that's the, something people want it to be their company and that's where people do business with people. They don't do business with logos or caricatures or entities. So, Hmm. got it. So Joshua, this has been a really informative and very dense uh, conversation (laughs) about social selling itself. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you?
1: I mean, you know, we, we cover most of the base. I mean, that's the biggest takeaways I want people to take, you know, look at this. I mean, don't just look at LinkedIn as a place to put your resume. It's not that anymore. It was that one point. There's so much opportunity on there. You know, you need to be able to go in there, check out what's your, what your SSI score is. And if it's if it's low, implement those four things on a daily basis, you'll see a bump. I mean, I've taken clients. I had a client recently, He was at a 47 when he brought him on. Two weeks later, we had him at 75. Um, And that's in two weeks. And this daily interaction is so important. And get to know. I mean, get to know who your client is and reach out and build relationships. So just try and sell someone. Because if you build that relationship in the long run, they're going to come to you and say, hey, I want your service. It's amazing how much knowledge you share. Comparably to going, hey, you want to buy my product. I'd much rather someone come to me and ask for my service comparably to me to tell them they need
0: it. Right. Right. Oh, definitely. Hands down. <laughs> hands, hands down. Is there a process that you do to do that? Because like you're posting, you're building the relationships, you're segmenting people and then you make them offer like at a regular interval, a regular Like, I guess you're just trying to get them to opt in at that point. So the funnels can take over after I mean, that. Here's the thing, man. I mean, I always offer one of the biggest things that I love to do. Um, and I
1: tell a lot of my clients, if it's not even them it's someone on their team, I always offer someone, I'd much rather get on a phone call with someone. Just like where right now, you and I, I can hear the inflection in your voice. I'd much rather get on the phone call with someone say, hey, if you want to grab 15 minutes with me, please reach out, click the link, get on my schedule.
0: Mm.
1: And I mean, that way, they, they're, they're reaching out like, you know what, I would love to talk to this person. You know, I mm-hmm. appreciate it. I mean, because I do this, I mean, I now, every time I turn around, I mean, I get so many. One article can turn into usually about Anywhere from 15 to 20 calls set up on my calendar. it's not quite an article. Right. Because people want to right. know. And I mean, how, What's if I'm going to take 15 minutes to be able to potentially go through, that's great. I mean, I enjoy the conversation because you never know what an, where your next opportunity is going to be. And being able to grow this, I mean, if you build that kind of way of scaling, like you said, if you've got a, different people, your sales staff on there, they're building the call. They're going to love getting on a 15-minute call with anybody. Yep, Yeah. Very true. Very, very true. So, I mean, that's really how I kind of grow it out, man. I mean, it's, it's really being able to do that. And then you start actually then building your company page. That's another thing we didn't even talk about. And we could go on for a long time. When, when you're posting and you're going through, this is where the paid advertising site comes in, man. I mean, you're able to then go in, you're posting, your employees are posting. And whenever you see certain posts that are getting picked up well, You want to share them on your company page and you can actually put some money behind it and
0: boost that up and even get a broader audience. Mm, Mm. Right, right. Because then you've got, you've got a hot topic. Exactly. You've got curated content. You've got, let's say you've got 10 employees, 10 people
1: posting like, oh, wow. You never know which one's going to pick up because you're always just trying to offer valuable content, offer perspective. And then when you see one pick up, it's hot, man, I need to put some money behind this. Now that's when the money is, is, is becomes an important play that you can really, really open up
0: that audience. That's an interesting concept. So you're posting, you know, you're you're putting out new content all the time and you're tracking how it does and you're taking the ones that really perform well and that's what you're boosting to grow that awareness. Yep. And then you've got on your social following, you've got some sort of regular or seasonal kind of promotion or offer that you use to try and get people into your funnel so you can sell them. You're not selling on LinkedIn. You're pulling them off of LinkedIn somewhere else and selling them via email or text message or something like that or on the phone.
1: You want them to see that relationship built there and that you're, you're doing that. You want them to choose to come off of LinkedIn and find you in other places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now they've made the choice to be able to, you know, to go deeper in. You haven't, you know, tricked them or, you know, done something to be able to pull them off, they've actually chosen to be able to move on to the next level with you.
0: Does number of people asking to connect with you, is that a sign of how well you are doing or ranking on LinkedIn at all? Or is Um, there just a ton of people? It's kind of 50-50. I mean, you get so many people. I mean, I get, here's
1: the biggest thing. One, if you're going to connect with someone, send a personalized message, take two seconds
0: out. Oh, I mean coming coming to you. Oh. If your profile, (laughs) if your profile, if you've got, five people a week trying to connect with you versus 50 people a week. Is there, is that, that would that be an indicator? Up, I mean,
1: LinkedIn shows you how many times you're showing up in searches. I mean, on average, you know, when clients come in, usually showing up anywhere from 50 to hundred, you know, searches a week. Um, when we start implementing these processes, most of my clients are showing up at a minimum of a thousand searches a week. Wow. I mean, that's big. I mean, that's what, I mean, we're not talking about any paid advertising on this.
0: This is just from going through
1: and following what we're either teaching them or doing for them. Yep.
0: Yeah. And that's especially if you've got a good, clear kind of not CTA, but description on your profile and you're being seen over a thousand times a week. Where are people seeing this? People are searching for the keyword. People are just clicking. I guess they're just clicking the content that's out there to find out. Sometimes they're searching
1: the content. Sometimes they're searching for keywords. I mean, that's the beautiful thing because when you're putting out those content, so many keywords are getting passed out. So right. now, and then that's where the profile comes in. Make sure your profile is built for the customer mind. I mean, my right. title rather than CEO of Monspreneur or founder of is marketing conversion focused transformations through the power of LinkedIn and social selling. I'm telling mm-hmm. what we're doing. I'm not, mm-hmm. no one cares if I'm the. I mean, again, they'll find out when they go in my profile, if I'm the CEO or founder or whatever it might be, I want them to know exactly what they're doing. What, what are you going to do for me when I look at your profile? That's the first thing. Your first part is what your title is. It's your
0: first opportunity to be able to draw someone back in. Right. And then is there a goal for your? Is there like a formula or a goal to do to use with your profile? I like that because now I feel like now I feel like I can wrap my head around how this works, where it's almost like. It, it is the front end, but it's you're putting out content, you're boosting, you're getting people engaged, you're engaging, right. so you're showing up more where the people are. And really, it sounds like it almost all, I mean, you can put links in your articles and your posts and blogs and stuff, but it almost sounds like it goes it almost, all
1: back
0: to your almost, profile. Yeah, it, 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 it almost sounds like that's the funnel. The funnel is the pump content out there, engage, connect, be there. But it really it pulls them back to the profile, and your profile is kind of your social, your your sales letter. It's your sales right? letter, it's, exactly. hundred. And then people see the sales letter, and then they're like, hey... And that's when they reach out to you and, but it's done in a context that's really non-pressure, non-salesy. Um, and you know, and it's done in a, an almost, uh, I don't want to say an inbound marketing method, but it's, it's done in a way where they're, they feel in control of the process. And there's a high degree of trust, believability, credibility, and, uh, and motivation on their end versus right. you pushing it out in front of them.
1: And that's the thing. It's, you're just setting out there that's there for them to find it. You're not driving them to that. I mean, you are, but they don't feel it's an But they're thing. choosing it. Yeah, choosing they think that they're choosing together. Together. it. So, you know, I do this. I mean, I just, you know, I'm happy to do this for your clients if you're up for it. I mean, I've got a PDF, man. I'm happy to share it to you if you feel it, if you act to be able to, the basics of going through a profile, man. I'm happy to be able to share it to you and your audience as well, if that's something that you would. Sure. That you guys would Yeah, find. Would help because, optimize I mean, their profile. It goes through. This is something that I give to, a, to all my clients. And since you and I, you know, have worked together for on this, this podcast for for such a long time, <laughs> it, it's, it, it really does. It goes to the basic things of what you need to do, how you need to be able to lay your profile because you have so many different ways to be able to go in. You can be able to put all the different places you've been published. You can add rich media where you have people being able to testimonials on your profile and mm-hmm. add this rich media within there. Now you also have this other thing. You've run your own company for a while. You mm-hmm. actually have you have probably given recommendations, right? For people who are like you had maybe a friend of yours reach out, like, "Hey, I'm going up for this new job. You know, you can do a recommendation for me." Probably yeah. Before right? <laughs> yep, yep. We, all, we yep. all have if we've been in certain positions, and it, you're at, you're like, "Okay, cool." If you know the person's okay, you're like, "Cool, yeah, I'll do a recommendation for you." Have them call me up. We'll go through. It's out of sight, out of mind because again, it's just a quick phone call. But if you can get a recommendation on your LinkedIn profile, this stands the test of time. Because this is going to be shown and be seen by everyone that ever goes to the profile and, the, and for years to come, as long as it stays on there. Mm, it's mm, a big piece. Mm. You're, you're able to ask for up to five recommendations a day. And if you're not doing that, you're missing out because this is just more ways to build up that credibility of everyone that you have worked with or touch at any point in time. It doesn't matter what company. They're all speaking to you and about you. And they might be able to – their recommendation might be – just grab that one person's attention that didn't didn't hit another way and just the way they worded about who you were and what you did for them at whatever company or whatever job you were at, you never yeah. know how it's going to be able to get that connection.
0: Well, I mean, it comes down to that's, that's your sales page or your sales letter. Right. And that's the funnel. That's what's going to convert them to pick up the phone call, go to your whatever and buy or... So now, now I feel like I better wrap, uh, part of this interview. I felt like I couldn't really wrap my head around it, but now it's really kind of clicked through where that's the end piece. Where well, I wanted to get the to all the front end side before you got to this. So yeah, I, I hey. apologize. I probably no, 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 no. But it's fine. That's the sales letter. That's the conversion piece. Is your profile and you need to become this. It's almost like a dating site where you want to become the hottest person on that dating site for that niche, that topic, and that's going to have you know you're going to talk about what you're going to do for them. You're going to talk about the experience you know the the you just talk about why it's better and in terms of what the customer wants, your avatar wants, your target market wants, not in terms of what you think. Right. And you're going to back it up with a ton of proof. And that's the other part. That's the social element. So you've got your media resources and articles that you've put, put, your past experiences, and what other people have rated you for, for in terms of skill set and t- terms. That's a huge social proof element. And then the recommendations. And that's just like a long library of testimonials. And you I mean, can pull I mean, those it, off and put them anywhere. It allows you
1: to be able to go through and people. I mean, the, the people that do this the right way will always have that that added value that just people go hey cool this person is not trying to send me email me a thousand times go through any of this it gives mm-hmm. them everything they need to do to find themselves and all you're doing is drawing them down a path of continuing to get to know you and then boom then you hit your sales page and it's it just turns into
0: itself so where do we get this PDF for the uh, for the profile or are there yeah are you how do we how do we optimize our LinkedIn profiles now that we've come down to this is like the the piece de resistance that we have to kind of that you can do all this stuff on LinkedIn but if you don't have your profile set up right it might be for not um well, how do we get you, that you if, what I can do man is I will set up a
1: specialized link spe- specifically for your audience okay. um, and if they go to you know we can go to com. that's m o n s t a p r e n e u r.com Backslash. What do you think, Daryl? We don't want to do um, Daryl, or we want to do LinkedIn profile?
0: Let's go. Just uh, ooh, good question. <laughs> do LinkedIn profile because then you can probably do it elsewhere. So just well, you know, no, and I no. like to make
1: sure I personalize for you uh, for someone like yourself, oh, man. But yeah, we'll do that. We'll do monsterpreneur.com/slash/LinkedIn profile, and right. everyone will be able to go in and download that PDF, and it really goes through section by section the main points you want to focus on from your headline to adding rich media to experience recommendations contact info honor awards advice for contacting you know all this different stuff that will really help you run out the gate be able to optimize that
0: yeah and i think for a lot of people something i want to say because i've helped a lot of people in a previous life with uh job hunting and this wasn't professionally but i I crushed job, uh, job hunting and <laughs> interviews when I was in that. Um, it's not about listing all of the things that you've done. Like I, it's funny cause I open up mine. And I'm like, I got all this stuff that I've done on here. It's like a library. It's not supposed to be a resume of your past. No, it's supposed to be specifically for what you're trying to do now. You know, that's the big key thing. Like if you are going to hire someone to like, let's say you've got a million dollar racehorse and you want to get a team together to take care of this million dollar racehorse. You don't, care about the person's high school that they went to, or you want to know just about the things relevant, You know what i mean like if you get a stack of resumes or you're looking at a stack of things you only want the most relevant information to how they're going to take care of your million dollar racehorse and make them win more races and do better so think about that when you go through your linkedin profile all the stuff that's related to things you did in the past that you're proud of and that that's great but if the person that your target market coming if it's not going to lead them to the conclusion that you are the person to go to for this thing right here right now today then it doesn't belong on there that belongs on your resume or on your wall in your office or maybe in your memoirs or on your timeline somewhere, but not on your profile. No. Nope. Not yeah. on your profile. No
1: need no need to have it on there. I mean again, if, if you want, you know, recommendations from your past, that's great. Put them on there, but you don't need to list the companies sure. that you were at. Allow yeah. people to be able to shine out and be able to speak on different aspects of you, but you don't need to.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because that's what they're going to read first. The testimony will come after, and as long as people are saying the great things in general, you can have recommendations about a lot of different things, and that's fine. But I just want to say that because I I go through I I we just did a we just looked for a couple of interns and I I don't know I don't know how many applicants we got, but my email was in yeah it was like 60 and it was our inbox was bombarded. Um, and it's just, I like, go, I get so many from people and that's why I'm saying that for our listeners, don't be one of these people. There's so many people where it's like a five page book oh, and it's God. like, yeah. like, you know, like what group they were in in kindergarten. And then, you know, they joined the train club, the train makers club and, and like, you know, in senior kindergarten. And then it's like, none of this has any relevance to what, you know, and I think it's great. But, uh, and if, if you think it's relevant, the other part is to tell people how, if you did a coaching or a seminar, or you did a workshop. <clears throat> make, make sure you make it easy for the person to know. How is this relevant to you? You know, that's the other thing. It's don't just list a bunch of features. And hope, I'm sure, Joshua, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure this PDF will be amazing. But just because it's my audience, I want to make sure I say this. Just yeah. make sure people know how and why it's relevant. If you did a workshop for project management and you're, you're talking, you know, and you're doing something, whatever your service or product is, if you're going to list it, you need to tie it into how, like, so what and bullshit? Those yeah. are the two things everyone looking at your profile or your sales page or your letters are going to think. You go, okay, so what? What does this mean for me?
1: Yeah, and they're going to go a bullshit. Story. And that's, <laughs> yeah, tell us. Mm. Don't just list out. This is what I did here. This is what I did here. This is what I, it's. No, if it looks like a resume, trash it.
0: Start over. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> tell a story. Tell a story. That's true. So, all right. Josh, was there anything like I already asked this before and then we went like on another 20 minutes, but was there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Man, I, I think we covered everything,
1: Daryl. I appreciate it. I mean, it's uh, you know, I, I always enjoy hanging out with you, man. Um, you know, at the same time, we didn't really get into it. But, you know, if you guys wanna are looking for that work-life balance and all kinds of stuff like that, make sure to check out my book too. Balance is bullshit. It's it really goes through my past life. ups and downs, the goods, the bads. And I share everything about, you know, what really has made me successful based on a lot of my failures.
0: Mm. Joshua, thank you for sharing your time today. I know you could be doing a lot of things. I know it's a little bit late for you there. Um, but I think this has been informative. I think there's definitely some nuggets in here. I hope people are listening with paper and pen to write those down, even if they never look at it again. <clears throat> you may want to listen to it again or check out our first interview we did with Joshua um, or the one we did with Ed O'Keefe. Those are all great quality uh, source information. But remember, it's not, what you, it's not what you do, it's what you get done. So I'm uh, probably going to hear this on the outro of the interview anyways, but don't just make a to-do list, make a to delegate list and deadlines for what you want to get done in the next 30 days. And make something happen because I think there's a lot of valuable information here. I think there's something we can all take away from this to get us more traffic, more sales, better relationships with our customers. And so uh, it's on you guys now to take it and run with it. So, Joshua, thank you again. Again, if you want to check out that PDF, it was Monstrapreneur. Monstrapreneur.com slash Debt Profile. M-O-N-S-T-A-P-R-E. E N E U R.com forward slash LinkedIn profile. That'll get you a PDF for how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. Again, Joshua, thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second,